So fine to me is not fine. If you are fine, then we need to talk because we need to go further than fine. I want you to be extraordinary and just joyful and, and excited to get up every day. Welcome to the Twins Talk It Up podcast, where my identical twin brother and I share our thoughts and provide solutions for executives and professionals who want to become masters of speaking and communicating so that they can maximize their influence and impact. Yes, we are identical twins who happen to also be public speakers, executive coaches, and sales leaders. Our company, DSP Leadership Group, focuses on equipping leaders who want to speak with confidence and authority, all while using their authentic voice. Here on the Twins Talk It Up podcast, we present topics about communication and leadership from our perspective as individuals and as twins. Welcome to the Twins Talk It Up podcast. Have you ever felt as if spinning so many plates or juggling so many balls, aka responsibilities and tasks, meant that others might seem impressed by you and what you're doing, but internally you might just feel overwhelmed? That Superman or Superwoman cape that we all tend to wear in an attempt to save the day or even save ourselves can become exhausting. That super parent, that super spouse image, and the ideal that society says this is what we should be can take you for a ride that you don't want to go. It might make you feel like you should keep that cape in the closet. My twin and I welcome a good friend of ours, Wendy Elliver. She's the owner and progress partner with My Dreams in Motion Consulting. And she's here to talk about this pressure. Wendy is a wife and mother of three incredible daughters, including a set of fraternal twins, which everybody knows if you listen to our program that Danny and I love twins, but this is not the only reason why we have Wendy on the program. Wendy works with busy, optimistic people, helping them to clear and focus their whys so that they can simplify and celebrate the life they're living while becoming the person that they're capable of to achieve the success and the dreams that they deserve. How does she do this? She does this through powerful talks, interactive workshops, one-on-one coaching, and group consulting. She shares authentically from her life and from her book, an Amazon bestseller entitled, My Cape is at the Cleaners, Choose Happy Over Perfect. Wendy, welcome to Twins Talk It Up. How are you? Thank you so much. I am so happy to be here with you and Danny and just have some time to chat a little bit. This is Danny. I'm so happy that you have fraternal twins. Uh, as Dave said, we are so excited about the twins thing. It's, it's, it's awesome. So from time to time, uh, when David and I are speaking, when we, we'll let our audience know who's actually asking the questions. And one of the things that I love is that being perfectly imperfect and accepting you can be a mantra for all of us. So for so many of us who are stuck in this rat race of performance, trying to be perfect, I know sometimes that as a father, I try to be perfect. As a business owner, I try to be perfect. But this is why there's incredible value with meditation, exercise, journaling, and coaching. We tell people all the time, coaching is awesome. Wendy, what was the motivation behind your book? My cape is at the cleaners, choosing happy over perfect. What did you learn about yourself through your book and through the telling of your own journey? Because I love the title of the book. It is an amazing title. 
Thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, yeah, I mean, for me, this is a really different kind of thing. I, I know a lot of people in my world um, have dreamt their whole life of being an author. That wasn't me. Um, I, I really don't even like writing, to tell you the truth. You know, I talked my book. I talked it into a Google document on my phone um, because I am more of a chatting kind of person than I am a writer. Uh, but for me, the, the big thing was uh, I couldn't get the book to go away. And I know that's going to sound really strange to a lot of people, but I just, you know, I'm a big believer in the universe and whether you call it God or faith or the universe or whatever your name for it is, uh, I just felt like I kept getting these messages that said, somebody needs to hear what you're, what you have to say. And my response kept being, I don't have anything special to say. You know, I, I didn't cure cancer. I didn't climb a mountain. You know, I, I don't have anything that special uh, until I started to realize that, you know, I had surrounded myself very intentionally with people who had a like mindset. And so I didn't have anything special to say to them because we were all talking the same language. But for the other 97% of the world, I thought maybe there is something, you know, that I could share or something that I could help somebody with or somebody could find a, a moment in the book that might resonate with them or help them on their journey. Wendy, this is David, and I love that. And I appreciate just how you were even able to put yourself out there and say, look, I may not necessarily feel that I have a message, but there are people that could benefit from this. There are others out there that can hear this and maybe get inspired to want to share their own journey or to be able to live their own journey. And I love that you put that out there. I want to, I want to talk about having this sense of appearing to be successful on the outside and yet losing that sense of your authentic, genuine self, being true to yourself. And it, it's got to be okay to live as we preach. It's got to be okay to not have to live with this life or this expectation of giving off these vibes of I'm a successful person, when inwardly we might feel like we're just being fake or we're being two-faced. So Wendy, I appreciate how authentic you you are throughout this book, how how real you are in our conversations. But I want to touch on something here that you've mentioned before, and you talk about this. And I don't want to give too much off into this because we're going to dig into your book. But Wendy, I appreciate your mission of using that dreaded four-letter word. Not that one. If you're listening <laughs> to this program, I'm talking about the word "fine," F. I-N-E. Can you talk about how admitting and accepting this four-letter word has changed everything for you? Sure. Yeah. And for me, that was really, it was a turning point for me, you know, is that, that four-letter word, fine. People would ask, how are you doing? I'm fine. How's your husband? How's work? How are the kids? Fine. And to me, that was, at that moment, it was great. It was like, everything is fine. But what I realized is that fine is not okay. It really is a curse because being fine means that you don't want to go any further. You don't have any passion to grow and expand what you're doing, you know, and it's so easy when you're fine to not even realize that you're getting stuck. And I think for me, stuck is a really scary place to be. Um, and, and it wasn't something I even realized, you know, when you're a little kid, somebody goes, what do you want to be when you grow up? right? And you have to stop them because they're like, I'm going to be an astronaut and a baker and maybe I'll be president next week. And, and then when we get older, you know, responsibilities come in and life comes in and we start to go, well, I have to do this for this person and that doesn't seem possible anymore. And we start to adjust what we think is possible. And what I think is you don't have to keep adjusting. 
you know, we definitely have to adjust. We have to be grownups. Yes. I mean, we got to pay bills. We have to do that. But there's a way to keep those dreams alive. But it takes a little more intentional, purposeful effort than when we're little kids. So fine to me is not fine. If you are fine, then we need to talk because we need to go further than fine. I want you to be extraordinary and just joyful and, and excited to get up every day. Yes, Wendy, I love it. This is David again. You don't want your clients to settle. You don't want them to think that this is as good as it's going to get. We don't want you to get stuck and then not allowing people to get in. We want people to be in. We want them to understand that there could be more to your story. There could be more to your picture. And so I'm glad that you addressed that four-letter word. We're not going to be okay with fine. We want excellent. We want better. We want dreams. And I love that you do that, Wendy. I I'm getting excited talking about this because even <laughs> though we're just starting our conversation, I feel like, okay, what's next? What are we going to do? Now, I'm not going to go climb a mountain right now, but I'm feeling like I've got to define in my mind, what have I settled on? What have I accepted as just fine? But Wendy, as we go into this, I, I want to talk about something you've shared before. And I've heard you speak about being someone who couldn't go without this sense of accomplishing a to-do list, right? You were one of those people that love tasks. You love, you know, ticking the mark there or, or saying, I've done this, I've done that. So while to-do lists could be advantageous for people that might struggle with being organized, yep. but let's talk about the potentially deeper danger of having to check your to-do list because that can end up being something that a professional can find themselves serving that list or serving the sense of wanting to feel accomplished versus allowing that list to serve you. Can you talk about that, Wendy? We'll be right back after this short break. I am delighted to announce that App Meetup's customers can now benefit from the presentation and speaking training courses with our integration and partnership with DSB Leadership Group. DSB Leadership Group is committed to providing training and resources to support professionals becoming more effective communicators and increase their impact and value. And that is the reason why App Meetup and DSB Leadership Group have formed a partnership to make sure that our MSPs, which is you, can be effective and powerful speakers in the community. Whether you are hosting a major conference, a specialized training, or a year-end corporate event, finding the right keynote speaker or breakout speaker should be at the top of your priority list. Partner with Elite Speaker Services to book speakers according to your specifications and needs. Elite Speaker Services has the depth of speakers and the experience to bring you peace of mind and a successful event. Go to EliteSpeakerServices.com for all your event needs. Let us deliver the message your audience needs to hear. Let us deliver beyond your expectations. Thank you for listening to the Twins Talk It Up podcast. As a special thank you, we have an amazing offer for our listeners. 20% off products or services on our website. Just send us an email with the subject line podcast, and we will send you that special discount code at dsbleadershipgroup.com. And now, let's get back to the episode. Welcome back to Twins Talk It Up podcast. Yes, I was definitely a to-do list person. There is no question. Um, I was such a to-do list. I had one for work. I had one for personal. I had one for my kids. And then I had a master to-do list to make sure that I had all my other to-do lists taken care of. So I, I totally am with you on that. 
Um, you know, and I don't think that it's necessarily the to-do list itself that's the problem. It's the way we use it. Because if we have a to-do list that just keeps getting larger and larger and larger all the time, how can we not feel like we haven't accomplished anything, right? I checked six things off, but I added 17 today. So that doesn't really get me anywhere. So for me, it was a, a shift in mindset. It wasn't necessarily a shift in the method of how I did it. I still do use to-do lists, but I use them differently because now I know it's not just what do I have to do? It's what choices am I going to make? And that was the key for me um, because I was a, a person who was very time oriented, right? I, somebody would ask me, can you do this? Can you do that? I knew my schedule was crazy. I'd be like, oh yeah, I'll find time. No problem. I'll find time. I was the yes person all the time. And the problem is I realized there isn't any more time to find. There's these 24 hours and they, we don't go, today I'm busier, so I should have 28 hours today. No, it doesn't work that way. So it wasn't a matter of me not having enough time. It was a matter of how I was spending the time and what choices I was making. And I think one of the big things for me was the fact that I was saying yes to everything. And I thought, well, yeah, because I don't want to let people down. I don't want to say no to them. But what I realized is that unintentionally, every time I said yes to something, I was saying no to something else. But I wasn't choosing what I was saying no to because of those yeses just automatically coming out. So when I got more intentional about, I'm not just going to automatically say yes, I'm going to make just because there's a space on my calendar. Well, guess what? I didn't put anywhere on my calendar, sit on my sofa with my husband and just chat or like take my kids out and like run down the street. That wasn't on my calendar, but those big empty spaces were supposed to be for that. So when I decided I've got to start putting that either on the calendar or I got to get more intentional about thinking about what choices I'm making, that was when the to-do list became okay. Because I could look at the to-do list and say, I have all these things to do. These are the three non-negotiables for today. These are the three things I have to accomplish. And whether it's business or personal, that system is magic. I, I play with that with people all the time. You know, when you find... These three things, my day doesn't stop until those three are done. But if the other 800 don't get done, it's okay because they're not moving me closer to my goals and my whys. They're not in keeping with my alignment with my values. This is Danny. I love that. My oldest daughter and I are, are a list family. This is what we do all the time. We put lists together. But what really, I really think what stands out is when you say these are non-negotiable. And I get to the point where I'm working so much and you said, hey, you can't squeeze 28 hours in 24. <laughs> it is so true. My uh, daughter said, dad, aren't you, the, aren't you the president of your own company? <laughs> I said, yes. So the, why, can't you take a time, why can't you take time off and spend time with us at the beach? Uh, and so here we are on a family vacation and I'm working. I'm I'm working and the kids and my wife uh, and um, they're at the beach having fun. And, and I said, look, honey, I got these to do's. I need to get done. This this last thing. I got to get this proposal out to a client. And she said, dad, but aren't, are you going to fire yourself? Uh, no. Aren't you the boss? Yeah. Okay. So then you can take time off for us at this moment. Correct. Uh, yes, honey. You're right. So I love to do the to do list, but sometimes I forget that there are certain things that are non-negotiable. And I'm so glad you brought that up because that's so true. Now, I want to dive a little bit more into your book. 
my cape is at the cleaners. I love the title. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to probably say it a couple more times. My cape is at the cleaners choosing happy over perfect. Now, in that title, choosing happy over perfect, let's talk about how that is a choice. Because yeah. we have the ability to choose our mindset and how can we choose to be happy. Can you dive a little bit more into that? Because I think our audience sometimes forget that we can choose Absolutely. to be happy despite the situations. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Absolutely. And before I talk about that, I just want to make sure the definition of happy, you know, you can be a happy person. It does not mean you don't have bad things happen. It doesn't mean that you have 15 minutes when everything is going wrong and you want to curse and then you want to come back. It's how can you recover from that so that there's more that's a positive than a negative. And I think a lot of that has to do with how you're reacting to things, right? Not just about what's happening. Look, I've had tons of things in my life that could have thrown me off. There was a two-year period, unfortunately, my husband and I, so many people in our life that we were very close with passed away. And we call it the two years of death and dying, right? I mean, who wants a period like that in their life? But the point is, while you're going through all of that, if you already have that mindset work in place, it's not that you're not going to be sad. It's not that you're not going to have bad things happen. It's that you have a way and a method and a system to get yourself back out of it. And that's the part that I think, I mean, especially when we're here in, you know, post-COVID world, I guess we're supposed to call this, I don't know. Um, you know, so many people are struggling and a lot of the struggle is they didn't go into it with the tools to be able to handle things. And then all this life came at us so fast. And it was like, how are we going to react to it? And how are we going to deal with that? So you know, for me, I'm a recovering perfectionist. So I'm just putting that out there right now. You know, um, It was incredibly important to me. And I never even realized it at the time that people see me as someone who could handle it all, do it all, take care of everything, be it all, do it all, have it all, right? That's what they tell, at least I hear for the modern woman, I know men hear the same thing, but I can only speak for women, you know, that we hear that, you know, you can have a job and you can be a full-time mom all at the same time. And you can be great at all of it, you know, and you're, you're I can bring home the bacon and fry it up in a pan. There was an old commercial, you know, um, and I kind of had to take a step back and go, what if I don't want to do that? What if I don't want to be at all? I don't want to do it all, you know? And for me, it went back to figuring out what are my whys, my W-H-Y-S, my whys. Um, and you can see them back there. My three girls, they are absolutely my whys. My husband, he's here on my desk. You know, I have a picture of him, but you can't see that one. But, you know, my family and the people who are close to me and the, the organizations that I wanted to support and wanted to have an impact in, those are the whys. And when you get really clear about what your whys are, the choosing happy gets so much easier because you're making decisions based on those whys. And when you make decisions based on your whys, you don't have to spend an hour deciding if something you should go to it or if you should do something else. It's super clear. There's just, there's no question about it, you know? And I think that along with being able to celebrate the little wins, mm -hmm. I am a huge believer in that. You know, we talked about climbing a mountain at the beginning. And for me, every goal that I had was so big and was such a big mountain that it's so easy to give up because you look up and you're like, I'm never getting there. But when I was able to kind of stop and say, hey, I'm going to start celebrating today, I made it. Today, I took a step forward instead of backwards. 
that changes the whole perspective of things. This is Danny. I appreciate you bringing that uh, to the front so the people can understand that. The whole thing starting with why is, is amazing as well. Uh, there's a lot of nuggets of wisdom in that. I think we can expound upon that even further, but I love how that has been the center. There's also that very beginning, which you said that being happy does not mean that nothing um, bad is happening or nothing is going wrong. That's that it just happens, but it's the mindset. And one of the things I want to talk about um, and just expounding that a little bit further, that sometimes we think as a leader and this, when I think about the hero, I think about the cape at the, the dry cleaners, you know, we're all heroes to our kids' eyes, sometimes to our spouse's eyes. We're all leaders in their eyes as well. And so from a leadership perspective, sometimes it's good to surround yourself with other leaders. Sometimes it's good to be around people that uh, understand you or get you. And sometimes they have a better perspective to help lift you up. There's uh, one of my favorite motivational speakers is, this, is Jim Rohn. And he said that you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. I believe this is more to do with influence. I believe that this is all about who you decide to be around because sometimes those individuals can affect your mental mindset as well. And Wendy, because of this great book, you talked about how you didn't really want to write it. You're not an author, but there's so many people that needed it. Who do you surround yourself with, Wendy? What other type of leaders do you surround yourself with? And who motivates you? Because I think that outside of the your kids on your desk and then your, your husband somewhere on there, but outside of their, your whole family on your desk, who else motivates you uh, so that we can understand what is taking this place and this energy to keep moving you forward, despite the fact that maybe you don't want to at times? Absolutely. So first of all, I love that you just did that Jim Rohn quote. Um, it's actually one that's in my book. I, I have a lot of little quotes in there because that's one of the things that I just, you know, that's one of the things that motivates me is what other people have said, brilliant little pieces of wisdom that other people have shared. And actually there's a story all related to that quote with a guy in a cell phone store. So you can find out about that, but um, yeah. And, and I think that it is so important who you're surrounding yourself with. It, it's incredibly important. And I actually, so again, on my desk, I do surround myself. You can see on the back wall, I have some quotes, um, you know, gratitude is a lifestyle and do what makes you happy. And you're never gonna have this day again, so make it count. So on my desk, I actually have a leadership quote um, and it's John Quincy Adams. And it's, if your actions inspire others to dream more, to learn more, do more, and become more, you are a leader. And it was actually given to me, um, there was a management class that I had taken, and that was sort of our, instead of a certificate, that was the quote that we got. And so I think people think of leaders as like, oh, I run the company, or I have a huge team. And I love that you said, you know, leaders for our kids, right? We're their heroes. I think that anyone, everyone walking around the world is a leader in some way because people are listening and watching what you do, right? And I think there's a huge ripple effect. I had not realized um, the motivational quotes. I actually, you know, I used to post every single day on Facebook with a motivational quote, mostly for me. And then if other people liked it too, awesome. You know, people would like it, occasionally get a comment, whatever. Um, I did not realize the impact that had until I stopped posting for mm. like a week. You know, I went on vacation. I decided not to do Facebook. I literally had people reaching out to make sure I was okay. Like, are you sick? Is everything all right? What's going on? But these weren't people that I even talked to on a regular basis. You know, they were people that were in the background. They were people that for whatever reason, they were using that same inspiration 
than I was every morning, you know? So I think the question of who is a leader um, and what leaders I surround myself by, I mean, I've been incredibly lucky that I've had some amazing mentors and friends um, who have just, you know, supported me and lifted me up. And, and I really, my thing is I always encourage people, look at who you're spending your time with, right? I'm not saying that you shouldn't, that you should suddenly cut off the person who's been your grade school friend since you were three and, you know, now you're in your 50s or 60s. No, but where is their place in your life? Are they the ones that you're going to share your dreams with? Are they the ones that you want to hold you accountable? Because if you give that power to the wrong person, you're doomed. You won't be able to make it. But if you give it to the right person, oh my goodness, the power that that can have and that synergy you can create and you can lift each other up, you know, because when you're helping somebody else, you're helping yourself too, you know, and it's magical. And when you start to reach your dreams and you start to, you know, do the things that you want to do, you also are giving permission to everybody around you that they're allowed to go after what they want in life also. How cool is that? Right. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Wendy, this is David. And I'm loving that because it's so true. You don't realize how many people can be impacted by your energy, by your focus. And just what you mentioned, taking that week off, people that may, you probably don't hear from often are now going, where are you? Where have you been? <laughs> and so it's a great way to keep each other charged and encouraged. And, and much like yourself, Wendy, I've been very fortunate to have different mentors in my life. I'm definitely blessed that I was born with one, right? So my twin is always there as a great sounding board. He's challenging me. He's pushing me. He's inspiring me. I've got a public speaking coach, even though I am a public speaker and a public speaking coach. That's what I do. But I still have one. I've got my mentor that's been in my life for 29 years. He is still there. We still speak often, at least once a month, if not twice a month. And so it's important to have different Element, elements or different levels of coaching, different people that inspire you, that motivate you. So I love that. Wendy, in your book, chapter four, you actually write, why does a millionaire need a coach? And I love this because we've spoken so much up to this point about how individually we can feel all this pressure. But why is coaching not just for those who have not, quote unquote, reached the top? Yep. Why is coaching for everyone? Yeah, you know, I think that the easiest answer is that we're all human. That's it. And as humans, we have certain tendencies. Now, some of us have learned to go beyond those tendencies and not just accept them. But, you know, we have a tendency to be accountable to other people more than ourselves, which is a crazy thing. And if you're, you know, if you practice and practice, they can get so good at it that you're just, just the fact that you want to accomplish it, you need no one else to help you. You're just going to go ahead and do it. That's not me, <laughs> just let me know. And it's not most of us, right? And you know, the example that I always give is like, if you have an appointment on your calendar that you're gonna meet somebody for whatever reason, I don't care if it's important, not important, but you're meeting someone and you have another appointment on your calendar that's a time block that you made for yourself because you're gonna work on an, a project that's important to you, whether it's important to the rest of the world, it's important to you. Something comes up that day. Are you more likely to cancel the appointment with somebody else? or to cancel that time block with yourself, right? And look, people might say, oh, no, 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 I would never cancel my time block. I would totally cancel the other appointment. Okay, great, then that's not me, you know, I gotta say. So, you know, one of my things when, I, when I'm working with people and we put a task or we put something that they're gonna work on, you know, you can replace, but you can't erase. 
Mm-hmm. And I guarantee if you say, well, I'm not going to do that right now because I have something else to do. Great. You move it. And then you don't do it again. Now you move it. Now you got two things to do. Then it bounds up. You know, all of a sudden you're like, wow, I've got to do 17 hours of prospecting in the next five to be able to accomplish what I was supposed to do this week. Suddenly you go, hmm, maybe I, it, it matters that I'm kind of scheduling that out and then I'm, I'm being accountable. Um, so I think that's something we can all use, you know, and I think also setting goals. Um, you know, I talk a little bit about this in the book, but I was not a good goal setter. Um, that idea, you know, they have all these wonderful pages that you can write your goals down and, oh, just throw all your dreams on the paper and, and make all the goals. And I would sit there and look at that white piece of paper. And that was so intimidating to me. I didn't know what to put. And so, you know, to have somebody else you can talk it through with. And for me, there's two kinds of goals. There's the time sensitive ones. You know, I have to do such and such by such and such. And then there's the until goals. And I think the until goals are really helpful to have somebody holding you accountable because they're not the ones that are going to happen in a week or even a month, but they're the ones that are saying, I am going to be committed to doing whatever it takes. I'm committed to the actions that it's going to take until I blah, blah, blah. And so we all can use that accountability, you know, and, and that encouragement because we all also are all very hard on ourselves, you know? And so I think to be able to see it from somebody else's eyes, you know, I see young girls again, because I have girls, you know, looking in the mirror, they they spend so much time on Snapchat and on all the social media and, you know, Oh, this looks bad. This hair was out of place. This color was there. You know, when I was little, we took pictures and you had to wait like a week to get them developed. You know, by then you're like, I don't care what I look like. At least it was a picture, you know? So we see each other so differently, you know, and we have such a a blurred view of ourselves. So having someone else to be able to bounce that off of and to say, you're doing okay. Come on, make another 10 calls. Come on, do one more thing that's going to get you closer to, you know, whatever that is that you want to accomplish. This is Danny, and I appreciate you bringing that up. The the pressure that's out there (laughs) to be perfect, the pressure that's out there to have everything put together. And I love the the whole aspect of having peer groups and or having a coach, because sometimes this group or this coach can help be the sounding board to help you realize that, you know what, things aren't as bad as you think they are, or things are fine, or, hey, you said you were going to do X, Y, Z, let's get it done, let's move it, let's make it happen. Because uh, in tendency, human nature is to preserve. Human nature is to protect. And so sometimes we get comfortable. We might set a goal, we might write down a goal, but if we don't have a peer group or we don't have that coach, sometimes we need a little bit more work to help push us through that, that what I call being protective. I, at least I know this part of my life. At least I know where things are at. Now I need someone to help, help me at times to push through a little bit more. And one of the things I think about a lot is as a leader, we get this pressure put on us. Sometimes it's, real pressure. Other times it's a figment of our imagination as a leader that we put pressure on ourselves. But what I love that no matter what type of pressure we have as a leader, whether it means we're now responsible for a huge budget, we're now responsible for 150 people in the organization, we're now responsible for hitting this number, hitting this goal, whatever it may be, all this pressure keeps coming on. And one of the things I love about what you're doing and one of the things we do at my company at, at my company is that we focus on mindset. We focus on mindset training. 
It is so important. No matter how much I coach you, no matter how many courses you take, training classes you take, if you don't have the right mindset, nothing will be accomplished. If you don't have the right mindset, you will never hit those humongous, awesome goals that you have written down. If you don't have the right mindset, your employees will see that and then they won't be inspired as well. So we really talk about mindset in all the training that we do, no matter what happens. So from your work with, with the work that you do now with business leaders, the, the work that you do to help those business leaders with their drive, why is mindset so important? We'll be right back after this short break. We want to thank our sponsor for today's episode, Paul Jackowitz of pauljackowitz.com. For all your website design and management needs, visit Paul Jackowitz. That's Paul, J-A-C-K-I-E-W-I-C-Z.com. Are you projecting the right image to your market? Are you optimizing your name recognition and presence online? Elite Public Image is a leader in strategic communications and marketing solutions, ranging from public relations, brand communications, and content marketing strategy to social media and reputation management for businesses, professionals, and VIPs of all types. Whether you're looking to develop a spectacular brand or need a brand refresh, look no further than Elite Public Image. Visit ElitePublicImage.com and let Elite put their experience to work for you. Thank you for listening to the Twins Talk It Up podcast. As a special thank you, we have an amazing offer for our listeners for a free consultation over the next two weeks. Visit our website and schedule your free 30-minute consultation. And now, let's get back to the episode. Welcome back to Twins Talk It Up podcast. Oh, like you said, it's everything, right? You know, if you don't have the right mindset, as soon as an obstacle comes in your way, even if it's a tiny one, it suddenly becomes insurmountable. You can't possibly get over it. There's no way around it. And I think that's, you know, having those big goals is great. But again, being able to break it down. Um, you know, I use a process that's kind of creating life backwards, <laughs> creating goals backwards, right? We, we start with the end in mind and then we go backwards and we create all the different celebrations, all the times that we are going to celebrate and acknowledge that we're making progress along the way. And there's such a mindset there. But the one thing is, it's achieving a goal is amazing. It's absolutely amazing to achieve a goal. But even cooler is becoming a person who's capable of achieving that goal. And so even I've had people, that, you know, first of all, I've had people that come to me and they have, I already have goals. I don't have to go over goals with you. I have them. Fantastic. And I look at it. And it says 2008 on their piece of paper. And I go, you wrote all these in 2008? Yep. How long do you think it should take to accomplish most of these? And they're like, mm, you know, about six months. I'm like, um, we're not in 2008 anymore, just so you know. So, you know, having a goal is great, but maybe we need to tweak them. Because if you're 10, 15 years later and you haven't accomplished those goals or you're no further along with them, either maybe those goals are no longer important to you. So you're not making the time and energy for them. Or maybe we need to look at them from another angle. Maybe we need to break them down so that you can start celebrating along the way and become a person capable of achieving that. You know, because being able to believe in the, in the actions that you're doing and that they will have 
an outcome is huge. And even if you don't wind up, you know, I, I can't remember the exact quote, but it's something like, you know, reach for the, the moon, because even if you don't make it, you'll reach for the stars or something like that, you know, but the idea is that, you know, you, you see something way up high, even if you don't achieve exactly what you thought, you're getting yourself and you're moving yourself forward and you're becoming a person that can do so much more in life. And that's, that's what it's all about, you know? I love it. This is Danny, by the way. That is so amazing to, to hear that. And that's why it goes back to you, what you said earlier about being happy. And it doesn't mean everything's going well. And I love the fact that you're shooting for the stars and shooting for the moon. And you may not hit the moon, but you hit a star. I love that. You're still accomplishing more if you take one step forward each and every single day than if you allow that fear to keep you from moving forward. And I don't want to give away the whole book. But in your book, you also address fear. You write about harnessing the power of fear to move forward. Dave and I often, during our training classes and the training that we do with a lot of the people that we help, they have speaking anxiety. And we know that the, the fear of public speaking is higher of a fear than flying. Mm -hmm. And so we tell people, faith your fear. So talk about how someone can harness fear to move forward. Can you tell the audience a little bit more about that, please? Yeah, sure. So, you know, one thing we haven't talked much about is ego. Um, and fear to me is very ego driven. And I didn't understand that for a long time. But, you know, wow. for instance, for me, one of my fears was failing in public. Mm. Okay. So if I had something that I didn't think I could maybe accomplish completely, I was not going to put it out there that I was even trying because that way, if I failed, it would be a quiet failure. It would not be something that other people would be able to go like, mm, she didn't do it. She said she was going to, but she didn't, you know? And so that idea of being ego driven, why was, why did I care? I'm still failing, whether I'm failing privately or I'm failing right. publicly. Right. But ego wise, I was like, oh, I don't want to share that. I don't want to put something out there that might make me seem I don't know, less than perfect, right? But when you take that part away and you start to go, why am I trying to do this? Again, I know I sound like a broken record, but back to the whys, right? It's gotta be that that why you're doing it is stronger than the fear that you have. It doesn't mean the fear is going away. And you know, people say they're fearless. I have never been fearless in my life, I will tell you. But I have faced a lot of fears and I have walked through a lot of fears. I still had fear along the way, but it got less as I proved to myself that I could become that person able, able to accomplish what I wanted to accomplish, even through the fear. And I think that's the key is you can let fear stop you. It can stop you in your tracks. It's so easy to be too scary, walk the other way. <laughs> or you can say, I'm going to let it propel me. Yeah. I am going to conquer this. This fear is not bigger than what I need to accomplish and what my big purpose is. And it can be a small purpose or a big purpose. You know, we, that's the other thing with goals is people are like, I have to, you know, cure, cure cancer, right. Or climb a mountain mm -hmm. to be useful to somebody. And it's like, no, like I might just stop somebody else from stepping off that edge. <laughs> I might be able to bring a smile to somebody's face today that was really struggling. And those that's powerful too, you know, like never discount we don't know what everybody else is going through when you see people. I mean, I've seen people, you know, 
a cashier, for example, you know, you walk up and you're like, man, this cashier is not being very nice to me. Well, what you didn't see is that three other people and a manager just yelled at them before you walked up. So yeah, they're feeling a little defeated. So instead of adding to it, you know, if you're like, hey, how are you? You know, and you give a smile, it's such an easy thing. But it's incredible yeah. the change you can watch in someone's face and their demeanor and just, you know, kill them with kindness. It's a real thing, you know. This is David, Wendy, and I love that you're going into defining that fear for so many is really about their ego. And yes, there might be fear because we've never done something before. But what if that fear is rooted in, well, I don't want to be embarrassed. Well, what if that fear is rooted in, if I fall down, then I guess I can't get back up. There, there is a lot of ego driven there. There is a lot of ego that prevents us from going after the things we want in our lives. And so I'm so glad you do that because when you think about the hero, there is that aspect of, you know, the reality is you can become a hero when you push aside that fear to go after something greater. And maybe you're the hero one, hero, who's the one? You, be the hero to yourself believing that you can accomplish these things that you put out there. I, I, I want to quote, I want to quote something from you, Wendy, you, you've shared before we're human beings. And I think in a lot of ways we're we are human becomings. And I love that because you're always talking about this journey of becoming, becoming more. And this goes beyond that step of being fine. So if you're moving forward, if you're going after better, if you're going after redefining yourself, then you're becoming what we call human becoming. I, I believe that's fading. So, so Wendy, in, if, if part of that is also celebrating our wins, celebrating our life, choosing happiness, or is choosing to overcome where we are, what are other ways we can be human becoming? What are other things that we could do to celebrate that aspect of going forward? It's a great question. <laughs> um, you know, I think there's really something to be said for just making it through every day. And I really, I just, I know that sounds so simple, but I want to make sure that people realize that there are days that just getting to the end of your day and being able to lay your head on the pillow and go, I'm still okay. My kids are still alive. Everyone that's important to me in my life is, is doing relatively okay. Sometimes that's enough, you know? And, and again, I talk about these little quotes and things. A friend of mine was going through something really difficult this past month. And I found this quote and I sent it to her and it says, I'm doing a challenge, right? And she, and she of course was like, oh, here's Wendy with her challenges, you know, because I have a big thing about living life in 30 day challenges. And she said, okay, what's the challenge? I said, the challenge is called August. And the challenge is to make it through August. There's the challenge, right? And sometimes that's enough. And I just, the only reason I want to point that out is because I think we're talking a lot about big dreams, big goals, mm -hmm. making things happen. And I want people to realize that even if you're like, that sounds exhausting, you know, I'm just trying to make ends meet and I'm just trying to make sure that everyone in my world is okay. That's okay too. Like it is okay to take a break and to say, today, I'm just gonna get through the day and tomorrow, maybe I'll be a rocket, you know, a rock star and I'll, I'll just make things incredible happen but being able to take the time to go, it's still okay. And that's when I think there's accountability partners or coaches in your life or mentors in your life are so huge because sometimes we need to be reminded that we are accomplishing things even when we feel like we may have fallen short of what we set out to do on a particular day, week, month. 
Wendy, this is David, and I can't say enough of how happy I am that we are finally getting this conversation on air for our audience, for people to see, or at least hear, of this incredible leader, this friend of mine that is literally making a difference in so many different lives. She's been a rock star to her children, a rock star to her husband, and a rock star to her clients. So if you're listening today, know that you can still be a Superman, a superwoman, or even just a mom, because moms are heroes. But you could do it without that weird pressure, that awkward sense of having to fulfill this ideal role that everybody else says you should be, or having to live up to that image that's not your image. Don't live wondering if someone's going to find you out. Make your life about people finding out who you are, how awesome you are, the incredible person you are, the hero that you are, even though your cape may still be at the cleaners. So we remove that pressure. Get rid of that pressure to be perfect. You are, as even Bruno Mars sung, perfect just the way you are. If you want to learn more about Wendy and get a copy of her book entitled, My Cape is at the Cleaners, Choosing Happy Over Perfect, you can go to Amazon, but you can also visit her website at wendyelover.com. That's W-E-N-D-Y-E-L-O-V-E-R.com. While you're there, Wendy has a special gift for our listeners. Eight simple ways to supercharge your daily motivation. Wendy, thank you for supercharging our listeners, for encouraging us with your life, with what you're doing to make a difference in so many others, and for telling us it's okay to leave the Cape at the Cleaners. We can still be heroes. Thank you for joining my twin and I on Twin Sock It Up. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening to the Twins Talk It Up podcast. Please subscribe and follow us on Instagram at DSP Leadership and visit us online at dspleadershipgroup.com to learn more about our workshops and trainings. We will see you on the next episode of the Twins Talk It Up podcast.